Hello, welcome to the EFA Fitness Podcast. I can only apologise if this sounds really echoey and the sound quality is not very good. My office has just been plastered. So if you could see me, I've makeshifted like uh, the foam soundproofing. I've just kind of made, I've essentially made a den. That's what I've been with my Sunday afternoon is I've just made a den um, out of soundproofing to try and make the sound quality a little bit better. Um, we'll see what it's like at the end of this. Um, hope everybody's all right. Hope everybody's had a great week. Um, today we're going to follow on from the last podcast and we're going to talk about sleep. So this is sleep part two. And with the game changes that I gave you last week, um, and a couple of people messaging about sort of my favorite books, which is nice to hear. Nice to see people actually listening. All four of you. Thank you. Um, we're going to talk about sort of the nutritional side of, of sleep and how to essentially give you the best opportunity to sleep and basically not fuck yourself over. Um, obviously, like, just reiterating a couple of points, like, we do know sleep's important and you can bank sleep and you can sort of recoup a sleep debt. So, like, um, if you... So that's last Monday morning, for example, I knew that I was waking up at three o'clock. So I knew that I either had to go to bed a lot earlier, I needed to make up the sleep somewhere else. So it just meant that I, on the night of that day, I think I went to bed about half seven because I was knackered. And you sort of recoup. So I must have probably got only about five hours sleep there. But when over the next couple of days, I get an extra two hours sleep, it makes it up to seven, up to like seven and then nine. And you can actually recoup it that, that that way, and that's like if, like my clients on night shifts and stuff, like that's something that they definitely need to think about. And like a, another thing is making sure that obviously you're putting yourself in the best position in terms of the room that you've got. Cold, dark, read before bed, have a bit of a stretch. You'll be fine. Make sure you pee before bed as well, so you're not waking up. So. Most people will always tell you. I always got told as a kid that this. my pen across the room. I always got told as a kid there's two things you should definitely not eat before bed. Uh, one was cheese because it'll give you nightmares, and then the second one was like a fizzy drink because what's well, a fizzy drink? Like a sort of sugar and as as we definitely know, aspartamin is like the devil. It just it's not. That's what people say. Um, yeah, I remember what my like friend of the family uncle told me that cheese was going to make me give me nightmares, and I don't think I've had cheese that late since, unless it's on a pizza, obviously. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is like just eating in general. Like, just make sure that you're not eating ten minutes before you go to bed. It shouldn't be eat, then get ready for bed. Like. You need that downtime in between because you need your body to start the digestion process. You need the body to actually do something before you start sleeping. Like it'll digest it overnight, but you don't want any gastric distress waking you up. And it's just a sensible thing to like make sure that you're not eating within half an hour of going to bed. I would I would probably say 90 minutes is is sort of where you want to be. Um but your last meal should always have protein in, firstly, because your most important times to eat protein 
is before bed and when you wake up because they sort of bookmark um, or pillar either side of the longest period of, of time during your day that you're not going to get protein in. Obviously, we know that protein timing is important to some extent on top like second to or third to protein quality and quantity. So you need protein in it. You need carbs in it as well. So what carbs do is um, they cross the brain blood barrier. They increase something called tryptophan, which is an amino acid. And that is a precursor to serotonin release. So carbs actually make us happy. So that's when like Slimming will tell you to cut carbs out or keto dickheads tell you to cut carbs out. They're actually making you more un like less happy. And that's just not good advice. If people struggle to be happy nowadays anywhere. Like you should be me and my mate hatters. It's never happy. Um, so yeah, that, that crosses the bone barrier, increases tryptophan, increases serotonin, makes you feel happy. So if you have that in your last meal, like increase serotonin, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to reduce anxiety. It's going to help you sleep. It's minimal, but you're going to have food anyway. You might as well have carbs, protein. And then you probably want to put some magnesium in there as well. So magnesium increases sleep quality on top of a whole host of other stuff that has its benefit from. But a lot of people are like running quite low on magnesium because it's not something that we tend to see so vibrant, like so vigorously. Is that the right word? Definitely not said it right. Yeah, it's not in our diet very much like habitually. So most people do run low magnesium, especially postmenopausal women. So we do need to increase magnesium. So we can either use a magnesium supplement, usually comes like a ZMA, like a ZMA supplement is like definitely up there with what people like come to me and say, oh yeah, I used a ZMA because it helps me sleep. And there, is, there is a little bit of research that says that that definitely would work. But things like pumpkin seeds, and seeds and nuts, very high in magnesium, walnuts especially, and other meats and cheeses and stuff. So if you're a vegan or vegetarian, like magnesium is not going to be something that you have a lot of during the day. So and what that does increases sleep quality, and again, always a massive benefit. Then, from a drinking point of view, like. Most of the times that I wake up, and I've got one of my clients will literally not drink after about 6 p.m. because his bladder's about the size of a pea, and he'll go to the toilet four times if he has like a glass of water. But obviously, you don't want your sleep to be disturbed by you needing to piss yourself, and you definitely don't want to pee the bed. So you've got to make sure that everybody's different on this. Obviously, it depends on your size, depending on how much water you habitually drink, how late you drink that water. But drinking water within the within the last like two hours of bed, or two hours of, of your day before you go to bed, like you probably want to limit that, just because obviously it's going to increase the amount of urine you're going to produce, and obviously you've got to expel that at some point. And the worst time to need a piss is like half an hour before a lap, because you've got to make that vital, crucial decision of, well, I. Do I go to go up, go to the toilet and risk coming back to the bed and not being able to get comfy? Or do I just try to sleep through it? Either one's never a good idea. So if you the less water you drink, 
the less likely you have to make that decision at four o'clock in the morning, half four. Then when it comes to like actual like alcohol, like alcohol is one of the biggest factors that stops people actually sleeping very well. One, because it increases your heart rate, but it's got caffeine in it. Two, alcohol itself, given the fact that it's a macronutrient, so it's the fourth macronutrient next to protein, carbs, and fats, gives you seven calories per gram. So it's got calories in there. And what we can't do with alcohol is we can't store it, and your body sees it as a poison. So what your body does, it burns it. So it's prioritized as a fuel source as soon as you start drinking. And this is why, like, a lot of people... Like say to me, oh yeah, when when I drink, like I have the kebab afterwards. The kebab, I'm not using any of it because like you store it because I've been drinking. It's not actually that far off the truth because your body wants to burn the alcohol because it sees it as a poison. So even the alcohol will help you get to sleep. It will also wake you up. So alcohol increase whilst it increases your resting heart rate, it also increases your wake up frequency. On top of like your breathing quickens, your body temperature increases. So obviously, like going back to that pod, last podcast, you need a cool dark room. You don't want to be warm. You don't want to be waking up sweating. And obviously, if you're drinking quite a lot, you've got all the water in there as well. Like, and like once you've broken the seal, you're going to wake up three, four times to piss. And yeah, again, you're going to be in the same predicament when you've got to wake up. Like, are you going to get comfy? If you go to sorry, or do you just try to sleep through it? On top of that, alcohol does a, does contain caffeine. So caffeine itself, obviously, given what everybody uses caffeine for, when they first start drinking caffeine, it's like it's that fake energy or um, that buzz, like anti tiredness juice, and. The way caffeine works, it, it stops adenosine, which is a, a molecule attaching in the brain. And basically, it attaches to the adenosine receptors, and adenosine would make you feel tired. So it stops you feeling tired because adenosine is not there as a response. But what it also does is it stops you sleeping because it keeps you awake. It keeps you alert. And the half-life of, of caffeine is like six hours maximum. Everybody's different. Everybody synthesizes a different thing, but... And obviously, caffeine dosages come off body weight. So the smaller you are, the less caffeine it would take to keep you up for longer and vice versa. But if you're taking like 200 milligrams in a pre-workout at 5 o'clock at night, by 11 o'clock, you've still got 100 milligrams still floating on your system. If you're not habitually used to that, it's probably not going to help you sleep. And it's never good when, when you do that. So I always say to my clients, like, Caffeine, especially if you're not tolerant to it, like after two, maybe four PM, just really start to cut back on it. Some people can have caffeine and then go straight to bed and fall asleep, and it has absolutely zero effect on them. Um, I am one of those, which is quite cool. So I can have espresso before bed. But most people, I'd probably say like 78% of people I've worked with, like definitely are so responsive to caffeine that they can't have caffeine like after two. Um, obviously we know that sleep's important I mean coffee is nice don't get me wrong but it's not worth giving up sleep for and then the last one um, someone actually asked me on the story because um, Ashwanga or Ashwagangda or Wakanda Forever 
whatever you want to call it. Um, it's basically head. And it reduced anxiety, and I put up my stories on Instagram with the day about anxiety and things like that. Because um, we all do suffer now and again, some more than us. And it's very good. And it's one thing I always take purely because before I got a, diagn a diagnosis for ADHD, I actually went to a therapy because of my anxiety. So I've taken it since one of my coaches put me onto it. Um, and it does work. It's actually really heavily researched, um, like alongside stuff like lavender. Like massive for sleep quality, huge. So obviously ashwagandha. I can't even say it, but I learn to spell it. Um, one, it helps you sleep because it calms you. Um, but two, because it reduces your anxiety, that obviously calms you in a second way. So you can utilize all of these things. Some of these things, none of these things. You couldn't even listen to this podcast if you want. But if you've got this far, there must be something that's keeping you here. But if you combine some of these with some of the more practical stuff that was in the first part, you will actually see quite a significant benefit. And once you nearly asleep, like it's a huge thing. Like the amount of people that like will go into work and they'll have a shit day because they've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. But what's actually happened is they've woken up seven times during the night because of various reasons and at no point have they ever looked at what they're eating what they're doing before bed they don't realize that going to going to bed straight after they watched a horror movie is actually going to affect them things like that make a, new, a huge difference huge difference and like i said you'd have to implement everything but there's definitely things you, you can implement that make a big difference and obviously then if you sleep better, you make better decisions. And if you make better decisions, you're going to have a more productive day. It's probably going to make you sleep better. And it's just a huge knock-on effect. And this is one of the habits that I get straight into with my clients, with my group coaching. And it's something that everybody, I think, should be looking at. So hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, just give me a shout. And I will speak to you all in the next one. Cheers, guys.